Hey everybody, and welcome to the ninth edition of the Kyle Lang Real Estate Show, my real estate podcast here, covering um, a lot of national stuff, but mostly local southeastern Michigan um, real estate news and uh, updates as they're coming to us. Ben, this is probably the longest gap I've taken between the episodes. Um, last one was recorded last Monday. Um, I'm recording this one on Friday, the 29th of May, 2020. So hope you guys have had a good couple weeks. Hope your Memorial Day weekend was well. Um, really nice weather here in Michigan. It was pretty hot, but we were able to get out and enjoy uh, enjoy the sunshine and stuff and <clears throat> start getting together in groups of people as well. So that was definitely fun, a little change from the you know, quote, new normal that we've been experiencing um, since the whole state home order had started. Um, so I've obviously what I like to do um, first is catch you guys up on uh, on how the uh, previous week has gone for me. This one is almost basically two weeks. Um, we were able to, uh, we had one closing last week um, for a gentleman named Jeffrey, bought his first house out in Fowlerville. Um, a lot of people from the Garden City, Westland, Livonia area that um, that I work with that are looking to move kind of that northwest. Fowlerville's a little more northwest than typical, but a lot of people move in, you know, Howell, Brighton, um, Pinckney, things like that. Really popular area. One of the reasons the area is so popular, and I keep talking to people about this, is, you know, you can get so much more house, so much more land, and the property taxes are so much cheaper than they are, you know, here in Wayne County, Oakland County, um, in the, you know, more southeastern regions of Metro Detroit. Um, so congrats to him. Really cool little house. Uh, we actually had missed out on it the first time. So it was a multiple offer situation. Um, we did not get our offer accepted. But what I always like to do as an agent, and this is where a lot of agents lack, I'm always extremely gracious with listing agents when this happens. Um, and I've had this happen twice now in the last couple months where don't get the offer accepted the first time around. Something goes wrong with the inspection. Or in this case, actually, the buyer, the first buyer they had selected was actually laid off and lost their job. And so uh, due to coronavirus layoffs and stuff, so they had to pull out and the listing agent reached back out to me and she said, hey, Kyle, you know, um, I really enjoyed, you know, our conversations we had prior to um, us accepting the offer. Is your buyer still interested? So we were able to basically be the only person, people that knew the property was available. Um at the time and we're able to kind of renegotiate get back into the house and ended up getting the house for him so i know he was super excited about it as well um a little bit of a longer close just because there were some curveballs that were thrown the way just given like his income the loan we were trying to use at first didn't work had to switch loan programs stuff like that but at the end of the day we got it done um it was really cool too how understanding both the sellers and the seller's agent were to the given circumstances that we're all experiencing right now so um, it's one of those ones where it wasn't an easy transaction by any means, but you're definitely, um, you're very gracious and you're very, um, you know, just happy that you're able to get it done for both sides. The buyer that really wanted to get this house and the sellers that are looking to, to move on to a, a bigger place for their, their growing family. So congratulations to him. Um, was able to get one offer accepted last week for a, another client of mine, um, nice little garden city ranch. Fortunately, um, and what I'm going to kind of get to on my topic this week, the inspection did not go as well as we would have liked. So um, we'll kind of touch base on that later. But, uh, you know, cute little three-bedroom ranch in uh, in Garden City. Um, we were able to get that offer accepted in a multiple offer situation, but it doesn't look like the, the deal is going to work out for us here in the long run. Um, and then I got a call last weekend. Um, so a majority of my business, guys, comes from past client referrals, and then just friends. So got a call last weekend from a really close friend of my wife. 
Um, she said, hey, listen, my sister-in-law is looking to sell her house. It's been on the market for a little bit um, with somebody else. It went expired. She was wondering if, um, you know, would you be interested in listing it down on Carlton? I said, absolutely. I mean, I'll go, you know, I, I cover pretty much anywhere within about an hour of, uh, of Plymouth, um, which is where I live. So um, I said, yeah, for sure. You know, I'd be, I'd be happy to. So go check the house out. Um, and we've had such good traffic at this house. Um, I think through the first two days, I think I've had like 12 showings. Um, and it's an older 1940 built, built house. I mean, I wouldn't say it's like completely updated by any means. Um, two offers have already come in. So, uh, really happy with the traffic on that. Really thankful for, uh, for my friends to think of me and, uh, you know, I think I'd be interested in helping, helping out, which of course I always am. Um, so hopefully, uh, next week's episode, I'll be able to tell you how we ended up accepting an offer on that one. And hopefully we'll have maybe one, two closings next week. Also, um, also wanted just to take a brief minute, um, and just kind of pay my respects. We, uh, unfortunately last week, um, the, my father-in-law passed away and, uh, he was an awesome man. Um, I owe him a lot, a lot. Um, just taught me so much about life, patience, how to treat people. Um, and then too, I mean, he was, he raised my wife, who's just an amazing woman. Um, and if it weren't for, weren't for him, you know, um, my daughter Madeline, who, as I'm sure you guys know, is just in our eyes, at least the most perfect person ever. Um, she wouldn't have been here either without, um, without him. So, uh, just wanted to say, you know, Kazi, we, uh, we love you. We're definitely going to miss you. And, um, you know, I know you're in heaven now with Jeanette and hopefully, uh, hopefully you're not in any pain anymore. So, um, just wanted to pay a brief amount of respect for him. So thanks guys for the people that have reached out as well, offering their condolences and stuff, my family, um, and my wife specifically, you know, we really do appreciate all the love and support that we've, we've gotten, um, over the last week. So, uh, let's get back to business here. Um, my topic for this week, um, actually, well, let's do quote of the week first. I, I like doing that first now. I don't know. I just think it's it flows a little bit better. So, um, quote of the quote of the week this week is from uh, is from Kobe Bryant. Um, if you want to win, don't compete because once you decide they are worthy of competing with, they have already won. Um, I found that a lot. First off, in in my profession, as you guys know, there are a lot of real estate agents out there. And I honestly do not view anybody as a competition to, to myself or to my business um, because I believe that I'm operating at a level and I'm providing a service to people that is much higher than anybody else um, is, is currently doing. So, you know, I wish nothing but, um, you know, the best of luck to, uh, to other agents and other people that are working in this industry. Um, but I just, I know that what I can provide is uh, just, you know, a small notch above um, the service that other people are getting. And I see that on a daily basis. There's a lot of agents out there that like, just frankly, like they, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to work through a transaction. Um, and they make things so much more difficult than, than they need to be. I'm a firm believer here that as the agent, it's my job to take on as much as I can during the transaction. And there's a lot of stressful situations, a lot of financial situations that I take on myself with full responsibility that my clients never even find out about because it's not their job. It's my job to make this as smooth and seamless a transaction as possible for them. So that's what I always do. And there's, there's some agents that will say, oh, you got to get mileage off that. You got to tell them that. And I don't feel comfortable doing that because it's just one of those things that it's like, it's it's my job to do. I'm, I'm You hire me to, to take care of you. You trusted me that I'm going to take care of you. 
um, as best as possible, and that's exactly what what I intend to do. So I don't need any sort of pat on the back from people for doing that. I just I just do it um, and know that it was uh, know that it was the right thing to do. So, but I I would say that for a lot of people in a lot of different things, whether you're obviously Kobe, obviously Kobe was talking about it in the sense of you know basketball, and he was one of the the greatest players of his generation, if not one of the greatest players of all time. Um, but in, in a lot of things, you know, oh, I, I see a lot with parents. They're comparing themselves to what other parents do, whether it's different activities with their kids, different attention they're allowed to provide to their kids. Like Everyone is different. You can't compare yourself to other people. Um, and, you know, I believe if you truly do dive in and look in the mirror, what you are doing, as long as you're giving it your very best effort, you'll find it is good enough. So don't stress too much about things like that either. Um, so let's switch over to kind of my topic for this week. And let's do what to expect after an inspection. Now, I feel like I've talked about inspections a little bit before on this. Um, but I want to do like a little bit of a deeper dive in. So a lot of my clients, a lot of people that um, I'll go over kind of the private inspection. And then if there's any cities, there's some cities here in Metro Detroit, um, you know, Westland, Garden City, Wayne, Dearborn, Dearborn Heights, excuse me. Um, there's some downriver cities like Southgate, Taylor, Woodhaven. They provide or they require what's called a certificate of occupancy inspection. What that means is as long as the seller is agreeing to provide it, which in most cases they are, the seller reaches out to the city that they live in and say, hey, listen, I'm selling my house. I need, um, I need to do the city inspection um, in order to provide the certificate of occupancy to the new buyers. Now, I'm not 100% sure on why some cities do these for pre-existing homes and others don't. I mean, I'm sure a portion of it is for revenue, but my understanding of it as well, as I was told one time, it's a certain percentage. If a certain percentage of homes in that community are rental properties, that's why they provide, that's why they make you do a, a city inspection, basically just to make sure that homes aren't getting run down by either tenants or landlords that aren't paying attention to the home um, and taking care of them as they be, need to be taken care of. If that's not true, you know, if someone could correct me on that or could, you know, kind of enlighten me on what the correct thing is, um, I'd, I'd love to learn about that as well. So, sorry guys. So the, um, the inspection, the city inspection is typically done after your private inspection. So everyone knows, you know, private inspection is going to be done anywhere three to 10 days within the time your offer was accepted. Um, and that's going to be an extremely thorough in-depth, if you hire an actual inspector, extremely thorough in-depth. They're going to check all your electrical outlets. They're going to walk the entire perimeter of the house. They're going to get up on the roof. They're going to go in the attic um, to, uh, to, you know, check in the attic, make sure there's no mold, see what type of insulation you have, make sure everything's ventilating properly. They're going to check the basement, make sure you don't have any leaks, um, you know, leaks, foundation issues, things of that nature. They're going to check out the entire house. Um, and a lot of people, they get kind of confused the difference between a private inspection and a home inspection. And they'll even say, well, is it going to pass the inspection? So with a private inspection, there is no pass or fail. A private inspection is honestly the best way to explain it. It's, it's an informational session for the homeowner so they know exactly what's going on with the house and what is going on and what is what are they getting themselves into. 
some people, especially um, a lot of like older clients, they think, well, the inspection is going to be my ability to renegotiate and get a lower price. That's not what the inspection is for at all, especially in today's market. That, that's definitely gone by the wayside. Um, you're not going to go in there and find, you know, oh, a few of the outlets are working. I need $500 off the sales price. I need a $500 concession. No, it's just going to be for major or structural, major structural or mechanical defects is really what's going to be a cause to enter any sort of renegotiation. So the, the property in Garden City is a prime example that I was talking about um, with you guys earlier. Um, first-time homebuyer, doesn't know a lot about the process, has a lot of questions. They're all really good questions, stuff that um, you know I am able to answer for them, but they're all things that you would hope someone getting into their first purchase is thinking and considering. So the house, um, it needs a new roof. Inspector went up on the roof and he said, you know, it's, it's toast. There's a lot of soft spots um, inside the attic. Um, you know, all the boards need to be replaced as well. So along with, there were some other things too that were going on, like some outlets, there were some broken windows, things like that. Nothing like major, major. I would say the roof is a major concern for me um, and for most clients just because, I mean, it's a pretty expensive expense. So um, buyers like, well, do I have to get all these things done before I move into the house? No, you do not. You don't have to do anything. Like I, I've actually told them this a couple times now. I bought my house, uh, it was built in 1962. Um, I bought my house in 2017. And there was probably five or six things that my inspector, that's the other thing too about inspectors, it's inspectors jobs to point things out. I know I've said this on here before. So if you went and did an inspection and they told you there's nothing wrong with the house, you'd be like, what did I just pay this person for? It is their job to find every little thing that's going out of the house. My inspector told me probably five or six things. I haven't done anything. And just in case you guys don't know, because I, po- I know I post everything on social media, I haven't had any problems with my home in the time that I've owned it. So please take the inspector's, you know, recommendations with a grain of salt. Like it's not, you know, that dire. No house is ever bleeding. Unless you have a, a foundation issue, you know, that you need to run from. That's one thing. But realistically, everything is can be taken care of. And more times than not, it can be taken care of over time. So... Yes, does all this stuff have to be done? I said, no, absolutely does not have to be done. The city inspection that the seller is going to pay for, that the seller will provide, that will need to be done prior to closing. And that is property of the seller. The seller is the one that pays for it. So for a buyer, you don't. we don't see that. We don't need to see it. All we need to know is, is it done? Did the city that I'm living in sign off on it? Let's close. That's all that matters. So the, the sellers will just send over a copy. A lot of times two buyers, well, what did they have to do? It really doesn't matter what they had to do. It's done, right? The, the city's providing the CFO. That's that's all we need to know about that. So, um, so I explained to them, CFO will be done prior to close. Private inspection, it's really on you for your own information purposes. Now, we did request about $5,000 in concessions to get a new roof put on this house because the roof needs to be replaced. The sellers have, you know, they've pushed back pretty heavily. Um, and that's the other thing too. So they said, well, this is just a visual inspection. That's what a home inspection is. It's just a visual inspection. It's the inspector looking at the house, giving their opinion of the situation. I've been using this inspector since I got in the business four years ago. And of the probably more than 120 inspections I've had him do for me in those four years, I cannot ever remember him saying, this roof needs to be replaced immediately. This was the first time he has done it. 
But of course, too, sellers want to protect their interests. They want to make sure that they're getting, um, you know, getting as much money as possible and not spending as much money as well in order to, you know, to provide concessions. So this situation where buyer knows, hey, listen, they're not going to come down enough to make this worth it for me. We're just going to go ahead and take our ball and go home and back out. And that's totally cool. I don't ever want a buyer to purchase a home um, because they think I'm pressuring them or I want them to. I want them to truly love the house that they're that they're purchasing um, and feel completely comfortable in what they're getting themselves into. And I had a conversation with the, the buyer as well. I said, listen, I totally get that we're going to back out and I'm comfortable with this. That's fine. But just so you know, moving forward, on the next house that we find, you know, Terry's going to find more things that are wrong with the house. That Like, no house is going to be perfect. Just know that. And just know that not everything has to be taken care of right away also. And, he, you know, he said he's on board, said he understands that. So we're all good there. But those are just some things to expect after the inspection. Guys, no house is bleeding. No house is falling over. Um, and not everything needs to be taken care of right away. So don't let that, that stress you out. Really, as long as the house is in good structural condition um, and, you know, you made your things, roof, furnace, all those things are functioning efficiently, you're going to be okay. And most of my clients understand no house is perfect. No matter what house they move into, they're going to need to do something to it, whether it's something they need to do or something that they want to do just like cosmetically, whether it be paint, carpet, floors, things like that. Um, they, they understand that also. So that was kind of my topic for this week. That's what I got about what to expect after the inspection. Um, any questions, feel free to reach out to me in regards to that um, as well. The favorite segment of the week now, uh, the WTF real estate moments. So I did a deal. This was about a year ago now. Um, there's, so I don't want to name any names um, specifically just because I don't want to throw anybody out of the bus. There is a rather large mortgage company located in downtown Detroit um, that a lot of people we know work for. Um, and they also have a real estate brokerage um, that is usually just used by their employees. Um, and that real estate brokerage provides not the greatest of services even to their own employees. I'm just, just going to put it like that. So I had a client just last year looking to buy a house. Um, if I went in Lincoln Park, loves it, and it's listed by this said brokerage, this one of the sellers worked for the large mortgage company located in downtown Detroit. So we run an offer, gets accepted rather quickly, go through everything, it all, it all checks out, everything works, we're good, we're good, we're good. Um, pretty easy transaction for the most part. We go to close. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying right now during coronavirus, they're trying to limit the amount of people that are in closings. So us as agents have not been going to the physical closings because of trying to limit the amount of people. Prior to this, it was the 100% norm that both agents were there at the closing with their clients. So we show up the day of closing to the title company office in Dearborn Heights. Um, I walk in with my buyer, um, his girlfriend or fiance, I'm not sure if, I think they're engaged now, they might not have been engaged at the time. Um, and then actually our loan officer came as well. And then the title rep was there um, from our title company. Title rep from their company was there as well. Um, the sellers were there, their agent was nowhere to be found. So we go through all the docs, everything gets, gets signed. 
um, at closing, talking with them, super nice people, the sellers, um, they were already moved out of the house, so we, uh, let me wait to get to that. The sellers, um, we go to close, wrapped up, and the funds were not there yet. What that means is when they're at a closing, the mortgage company will send the funds for, so $100,000 house, they're going to send that money to the title company. Once the title company receives that money, they're then able to do what's called disperse. So they'll pay the money that's owed to both real estate companies, they'll pay the money that's owed to the seller, they'll pay whatever money's owed um, to the previous mortgage company as well. Um, so that's how that works. So sometimes you have to do what's called a close and escrow. Everyone's there, everyone signed all the documents, but for one reason or another, the wire wasn't sent, the money's not there yet. So you do a close and escrow. Typically for a close and escrow, sellers hang on to the keys until after the money is hit. So, and if their agent were there at the closing like they were supposed to be, they would have been able to tell their client, hey, don't give them the keys. So we um, we close an escrow. Seller says, here's the keys to the house, man, you know, congrats, good luck. We close late in the day, so we're expecting the money the next day. By like noon the next day, the money has not hit yet. And we're like, what's going on? Well, it turns out there was an issue with one of the bank statements for the buyer, and they weren't able to fund the loan. So they had to get the, get all this stuff in order. Buyer starts sending everything over, under order to keep shooting it down, shooting it down, shooting it down. Not, this isn't working, this isn't working, this isn't working. At this point, the sellers are starting to get a little irritated because they haven't gotten the money yet for the sale of their house. Totally, 100% understandable. I would want my money too. So the seller's agent, who, remember guys, didn't come to the closing, picks up the phone and calls me and says, hey, what's going on? Gets a really bad attitude with me. I explain, hey, this is where we're at with it. We're missing out on these few things. Um, you know, hoping to have it today. Then she says, well, why were the buyers given the keys? That that should never happened um, if we close an escrow. I said, you know what? You're right. They weren't supposed to give them the keys. But guess what? The seller felt comfortable enough to give them to the buyer. I'm not going to get in the way of my buyer getting the keys to the, the house that they're that they're purchasing. Maybe if their agent would have showed up at the closing, their agent would have said, hey, we're not going to disperse keys until this funds. Then she took it all defensive. I said, just like that in that tone, she took it all defensive and said, well, it's just a formality for agents to be there. We, we never, um, you know, we, we never go to, the, go to the closings. I said, okay, well, that's the reason why the, the keys are given out. I said, at no point did I ask for the keys. At no point did the buyer ask for the keys. The seller simply handed the keys over to the buyer and that was the end of it. So this actually ended up getting dragged out into a second day. We got it done, got it figured out, but the sellers were threatening to call the police and have the uh, the buyers, all their stuff moved out of the house, um, which obviously wouldn't have been a good thing or a pretty thing for anybody. So guys, I promise you, I don't say this just because I want everyone to use me. I say this because I know I'm going to provide an awesome service to you um, and make the, process, the home buying process, buying or selling. Um, as easy as possible. I promise I take such a pride in doing that. And I'm not saying that every deal is easy and isn't stressful because there are a lot of them that are stressful, but I promise they would be way worse if you were using somebody else that didn't know what the hell they were doing. Um, so that is what I've got for you guys this week for the show. That was actually a pretty long one. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, hope you're able to check out next week. I'll try to space it out a little bit. So I'm not putting two, uh, two shows on top of each other. Um, have a great, safe weekend. 
Weather's gonna dip a little bit temperature-wise, but I still think it's gonna be pretty nice outside. And if I can help anybody you know um, in the process of buying or selling a house, please reach out, 248-515-7854. Have a great week, guys. Thanks.